It's good to see you all this morning. Um, for those of you that are in the back, you guys hear me okay? Okay, good, good. Um, if you, uh, now, I, I would say normally if you have your Bible turned to, but it's not going to work like that today. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to start a new series called uh, The Prism of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And the one thing that a lot of us that know uh, about salvation, we understand what it is, the death, burial, and resurrection, we grasp that, we got that concept down, but we don't always really focus on just some of these other terms that are, are associated with that, are benefits of that, or things that Jesus had to do in order to make sure that uh, it would you would be good with God, okay? And so we're going to just look at, you know, um, kind of 14 words. It's not an exhaustive list. I did have my liberties with this list because not all of them end in T-I-O-N, <laughs> okay? But... What I'm, what I'm prayerfully wanting to do is uh, take a look so that it helps to illuminate the benefit that we have in Jesus. I think the one thing in our age group a little bit sometimes, you know, the circumstances of life and all the different things we have going on can just lend itself to us not being um, in a good place. We lack the joy on our face, our countenance is a little off. We may not actually be getting after the work and going out and share the gospel or, or even have a heart for that. It's just kind of like, well, I, I'm saved, I'm struggling, and that's just what it's gonna be until the end. Man, no, come on. And so uh, why I picked this uh, prism, uh, let me just read for you uh, the definition when you talk in optics, okay, for a prism, it says a glass or other transparent object in prism form, especially one that is triangular with refracting surfaces at an acute angle with each other, and that separates white light into a spectrum of colors. So now I, that is so beautiful because I love that it says separates a white light into a spectrum of colors, that white light being Jesus. And you think about all of these things that we're going to talk about over the coming weeks. These are the spectrums of those colors. And then figuratively, it would be a reference for clarification uh, afforded by a particular viewpoint. See, some of us have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and maybe some of us haven't. But prayerfully, maybe the things that have held those up that haven't accepted Christ will look at them and go, man, Jesus did that for me? And this is what happened as a result of now I'm good. I could be good with God and, and God would sign off on that. And then it works out to these other benefits in my life. Oh, absolutely. I want to share that. But then also for those of you that have been saved for a long time and you're involved in ministry and what's well, just good for you to put it all together. It's good for you to be reminded of how good you have it and to maybe uh, for lack of a better term, turn that frown upside down <laughs> and uh, and get to what it is that the Lord has for you. Um, these are our words that we're going to be covering over the next couple of uh, weeks. And so you have reconciliation. 
propitiation, redemption, remission, resurrection, a lot of R's. <laughs> Regeneration, purification, adoption, election, imputation, predestination, justification, sanctification, and then glorification. Now, I kind of put it in an order for myself and my head, okay? Um, but there's no particular order that, I mean, all of these things are, are wonderful things. Now, you may struggle to find imputation in the Bible. You're not going to, okay? You got to impute. Um, same with uh, predestination. You're going to see that as predestinate, okay? But I would, I want, what I want you to do is I'm going to kind of give you the, the groundwork to start this study on your own. I think you could, I mean, we could add to this list uh, circumcision, right? I mean, you could add that to the list. Uh, and so I would maybe, if it were me, I would take notes um, and make sure that you have it and then start just kind of putting this thing together, okay? It will maybe help you in terms of your explanation of the gospel to somebody that maybe is wrestling with one of these areas. It would help you in order to comfort you because you forgot it, <laughs> you know? And so there are a lot of ways that this should benefit us, okay? And so I'm, I'm uh, really excited about uh, just the possibility of what that's going to be. Man, I don't like the way that sounds in my ear. What about now? Sort of. <laughs> Better. Okay. Yeah, I can deal with that. Uh, okay. So the thing is, is you would find this uh, just in terms of your notes and what you're taking. You're going to see um, reconciliation in eight verses. Okay. You will see that in eight verses. A lot of them are in the Old Testament. Now, what our focus is, and I'll leave that in terms of homework for you to look at because it is very fascinating, and it is particularly fascinating when you look at that through the lens of trying to see Jesus in what the subject matter is, okay? Just to give you a little window of that, ultimately, you'll see it's tied to sin offering and then what has to happen with the blood and this atonement that is being made for all the people. Well, how fitting right? This reconciliation that we're talking about. But what I want to look at is on the New Testament, the words that are kind of going to be associated with this, that are the same words or has the same root word would be atonement, reconciled, and reconciliation. And so all of the verses that we're going to see are those places that have either, like I said, atonement, reconciled, or reconciliation. So these will all be the same. Now, for those of you that are not yet Bible students, you have to understand sometimes when you see the word of God and words that look the same, they may have a different origin or different Greek. Okay, so there is one other time that you're going to see uh, reconciliation, uh, but it is a different Greek word than the ones that we're looking at. Okay, so the ones that we're looking at, these are all in the same category. These are also going to give us a great window into that. It's not like we couldn't have used that. But again, in terms of trying to lay a foundation for how, when you study the word, make sure you do that, you know, that you just break it down and then break it down some more, break it down some more. It's good for you to do that. Okay. That way you don't end up on crazy street. Like a lot of people who just pluck things from the Bible and then say, this means this, you know, 
Uh, okay. <clears throat> we want to understand what these words mean in the context of this dispensation. That's the other reason why I picked New Testament. Okay, this is the church age, the age of grace. And so if we're talking about reconciliation. It should have a direct impact on my life as a saved person. Okay, this is not necessarily just for Israel. That reconciliation I mentioned before absolutely was. But now you're seeing something, it is switched. This is reconciliation that's available for all. Okay, and so with that, let's look at the first one you see here behind me. Romans 15, 10, and 11, what does it say? It says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now receive the atonement. So that atonement and reconciled, same word. Okay, get this down. Jesus' death, returns us to a position of favor with God. That's what you're going to pull from here. Jesus' death returns us to a position of favor with God. So what I want to do here is we, I want you to be thinking this. We're making a working definition for us. This is important a lot of times when you're studying the word just so you can understand the concepts that you're seeing and like be able to apply them to your life, okay? So it's important. There's no way this could have happened if Jesus doesn't die. Does that make sense? He has to die, okay? And then listen, after, okay, death, burial, resurrection, Jesus' life saves us, okay? So that's basically like the seal of that. That the, it's not like the things just end, starting in with the death. Nope, it's got to go through death, burial, resurrection. That works out to be salvation for us. Our next set of verses would be Romans 11, 13 through 15. It says, for I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify in mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation, which are my flesh and might save some. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what should the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Now, just so you guys understand, when he's talking about them, he's talking about Israel, right? Okay, so you guys got, and in, in, in when he's saying that, them, he's saying about Israel, okay? So now, what are the things that we got to pull away from here? Okay, make sure you get this down. God has set aside Israel from being the light of the world. Okay, I'll, I'll repeat the whole sentence. That's this hot, hot part of it. God has set aside Israel from being the light of the world for Jesus being the light. See, the only way in the Old Testament that things would have worked out for a Gentile is you would have had to have been the stranger, come in and essentially practice Judaism, be circumcised, all of that. And then you would be accepted by God. You, one of the, our, our greatest examples of that are the Gibeonites. Remember, they deceived uh, the nation of Israel and came like they were ragged and, and, and poor and really 
that was a great picture of what they were spiritually. Remember, we had kind of said that back then was spiritually, that's where they were. They were ragged and torn. And the interesting thing about that is because in that part of the Old Testament, God talks a lot. And when he needs to speak up, he, I mean, he'll say, if he doesn't like something, he'll say, God is absolutely silent when this takes place. So much so the Gibeonites just kind of meld into the nation of Israel. And really the Lord is ultimately going to hold it against King Saul because now he's trying to raise like genocide against them. I mean, there, so that just shows you a couple of interesting things, but just, so God has set them aside. Now they don't, they don't get to be the feature act. Jesus himself has taken that mantle. Okay. What does that do? Get this down. This, that switch made it possible for the world to be reconciled without practicing Judaism. That switch made it possible for the world to be reconciled without practicing Judaism. So now think about that. Think about what I just said and, and have we or have we not faith fellowship study Galatians. And do you guys remember how hot under the collar Paul was getting about those um, Jews there in Galatia saying that basically they have to act like Jews in order to be right with God? Nope. That's See, we're free from that as a result of Jesus showing up. Big, that's a big deal. Okay. The next set of verses, 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11. This is great. Unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Now here we're going to go with the spiritual picture that's on display here and really now switch your mindset from fleshly individuals to God as the husband. So now what does that teach us then if we kind of get these spiritually, this reveals that God has always wanted us. Okay. Make sure you get that down. There's a, there's some people who kind of wrestle with the idea like, that God just now, once Jesus showed up, that's when he started liking everybody. No, come on. All the way back to Adam and Eve. That's the start of his heart, you know? Spiritually, this reveals that God has always wanted us. Get this down also. God desires to be in the closest relationship with us. The relationship on display here is marriage. There's not one closer on earth. Shouldn't be. I know sometimes kids fall in that, but come on, y'all. Remember who you made them with. <laughs> God desires to be in the closest relationship with us. Don't miss the fact that it says, unto the married I command you, not I, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. There's already a heart attitude there as far as God is concerned. It's very interesting. The next thing, get down. God desires that we be satisfied with him. This is why he makes the statement. 
let not the wife depart from her husband. So now you think about Adam and Eve in terms of that departure. The Lord says, this, man, this is all you, all for you. I love you, enjoy it. And then Satan comes in, he says a little something to the woman, the woman does this thing, hands this off to the man, and then boom, here we are. Okay, that's a departure from being satisfied with what the Lord had provided. It's a big deal. God desires that we be satisfied with him. The next thing, get this down. God desires, if there is a break in fellowship, that we would desire to come back. So now here's the cool thing about God's heart. God could be very um, <laughs> ultimatums, just like, and he is, you know, in terms of his word, it's very black and white, right? But like, that implies something that if you did have the inclination to do that, that it wouldn't just be the end, that he would just go, I'm done with you. Because, okay, think about for all of mankind, that could have been his heart position. The thing that you miss a lot of times, everybody can always key in on his judgment, but often they don't key in on his grace. It had been hundreds of years that pharaohs had ruled over. So there's opportunity for them to go, you know, what? Uh, something's up with these Jews and their God. Maybe I should look into that. No, they're too worried about crocodile gods and frog gods and all that. Or how about the fact that it didn't, Noah didn't build that boat overnight and people mocked him for it. Do you think that really was just made up for animals? I mean, let's just be honest. God would have either made another boat if that's what he just wanted to do, or he would have done, like, just said, hey, we're not doing that. It's all good. That's God's heart, man. Do we desire to come back? And last one of that category, God promises to receive us. If I want to come back, guess what? I get to come back. God promises to receive us. Next one, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, and we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Okay, it's a little bit longer. I have to repeat it a couple of times. Now that favor has been restored. Now that favor has been restored, we have been given the service Now that favor has been restored, we have been given the service teaching others, teaching others about what Jesus did to repair the broken relationship. We have been given the service of teaching others about what Jesus did to repair the broken relationship. 
One more for that. Once saved, we are allowed to represent Christ to the world. Got to be saved to do it the way he wants it done. And you understand why that is. It's not like the lost can't give glory. You know, Christmas is an interesting time. A lot of times the Christmas caroling are songs that honor God. The lost sings those songs every year. And it honors God. But in terms of it actually having some sort of difference that's going to be made, that's only going to come from his children. And ultimately, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and his people, those things together, man, you really got uh, something magnified. So, okay, here's our working definition then. Jesus' death for us as an exchange for a life and a ministry where we get the privilege of representing Jesus to the world. The thing that you have to understand about that atonement there is it's an exchange. So the Lord is replacing something and then giving something. So he gives his life in replacement. You get to live and not have to face judgment or wrath. Well, wrath, judgment, you, you'll get that, but not the same, you know. This is what reconciliation does. This is what we have seen as we look through those verses. So now, now that we kind of have a working definition of what it is, what do I do with that knowledge? And this is the thing that I want to key in on right now, is the evangelist. For those of you that are to our class and, and still getting your feet in and just saying, okay, Man, what's the vision for this class? Well, the, our vision here is that we would develop shepherds and evangelists. That's our heart. How do we do that? Well, our shepherds can be from our Bible studies, discipleship, okay? The preaching, uh, pulpit ministry, and faith fellowship. And then on the evangelist side, that's at every level. No matter what we're doing, we should be about that. So I need to take, if, if we're talking about this prism, this beautiful perspective of looking at God, our, our white light, and, say, and, and then all these beautiful colors, you go, well, what's, what's in this color? Son, that one's reconciliation. And as a result of my death, now you, are, you can return back to favor with the Father. A life saves you. And now you've been given a ministry to make sure that you tell people that. And so, I'll give you a little bit more time. I see a lot of writing. Seek those that are not reconciled. That'll be the first one that we'll look at. Again, this is the evangelist view. If you're going to, in this class, put a flag down and say, Dell, I'm with you. I'm in faith fellowship. I want to be about uh, my father's business. And so how we want to do that is we want to have an evangelist view. Seek those that are not reconciled. The next thing I say is God doesn't discriminate, neither should we. 
Now, listen, let's just be honest a little bit. All of us have our little prejudices and, and things like that that, you know, we don't like and all of that. But if those things are leading you to a place that you are withholding the gospel from somebody, and now it doesn't even have to be in the traditional sense that you think, like, you know, race or gender. But simply, we could be talking about, I don't, I, I just, you're mean. I don't like you, <laughs> you know? And so I don't ever want to have that conversation with you. This is pretty easy with bosses. I mean, this would be, this would be an easy giveaway at work just to go, nah, I'm not going to waste my time there. But I, let, me, let me assure you that is not God's heart. And then the last one is, I work because I am grateful. See, the other thing, too, that we want to transition our minds into is not having this viewpoint that's like, oh, I'm just bogged down with the ministry. How are you going? Man, I'm busy. And then you just start listing off all the things that you're a part of. And I guess you want a prize or a party hat or something afterwards. And <laughs> right? we're not doing it. Come on, man. You realize what you get to do? Ah, oh, it's a privilege. And so let's dive in a little harder here. Okay. Seek those that are not reconciled. In John 4.35, it says, Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And so listen, here's something I want you to write down. Get to know the people and listen to them. You have to listen to people. They will tell on themselves. <laughs> we all like to talk about ourselves. You just got to find the right kind of entry point to get there. You know, it can be, I don't know, Marvel. It can be movies. It can be cars, kids, dogs, whatever. Get to know people. Listen to them. The Lord is essentially saying when he wrote this then, that the field is ready to be harvested. Do you think that the field has changed in 2022 based off of what it is that you see? No. More work to do. See, here's something I want you to do just in terms of the tangible thing. How do I go about doing this? Okay, get to know people, listen to them. Next thing, pray and ask God to show you who needs the gospel. To think that, that is a silly prayer is, man, that, come on. We want the Holy Spirit's leading. I don't want to waste my time. The Lord to show me. Now, listen, when we do, um, why do I never get the name right? The hit the streets. That's why. It's because I start with street first. Okay, hit the streets. When we do hit the streets, it is a little, a kind of like a grenade. <laughs> like, we just go throw it out there and whoever gets hit by it, good luck, you know, kind of thing, right? Okay. Even in that, do we or do we not pray before we go out? Okay. So if that's the case, if I'm going to pray on the thing that feels like a grenade being launched out in the, in the crowd, then ultimately what would happen if I prayed and it was at work, my neighborhood, my family? So kind of to Justice's point that he made about these times, these are times we're going to be getting with people we haven't seen in a while. Will we take advantage of that? See, pray and ask God to show you who needs the gospel. 
But listen, continue to pray once they are identified. We have got, listen, if we want to see fruit, we have got to be a praying people. A little bit, what our approach to prayer is, touchdown, we just launch it. It's a health Mary pass. We hope that it works out. And then that's it. But really what the Lord is calling us to is like just the intricacies of different plays going on as we work our way down the field. Okay, so that's how we want to approach this. We got to be praying the whole time. Man, there are times <laughs> I may not even, I may stop listening to that person just to pray because I already know it. But you know, it's like, you got to calm yourself down. You're so excited and you're like, I'm just waiting for you to stop talking so I can start talking, you know, kind of, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to give them exactly what the Lord has tailored to give through you. Seek those that are not reconciled. The next is, oh, wait, I went too far, didn't I? What happened? Rashad, can you get me back to that spot? Um, okay, so on the next one, this is in God doesn't discriminate, neither should we. You know the verse, John 3, 16, for God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that with whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So now get this down. Petty prejudices keep us from seeing God at work in our lives. Petty prejudices keep us from seeing God at work in our lives. It's got to it's got to be anybody at any time. Okay? If the Lord leads my heart, if I'm somewhere out, if it's my waiter or waitress, it doesn't matter. And sometimes, listen, we got to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And you know how it is. We have learned the skill of being able to kind of dumb down when it's knocking on your heart. You know, you looked in a person's direction and perhaps it's just like something about them. Why did you look at that person? You're in a crowd of 40, 50 people. Why is it that person? Go find out. <laughs> you know, start a conversation with them. Man, those things often lead to things that are very beautiful. So listen, we gotta, we gotta be done with being petty. Next thing, I work because I am grateful. In Acts 20, 24, it says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Listen, that man, that's, that's the right heart. That I might finish my course with joy. See, an evangelist is gonna keep that view. They're doing what they're doing because they have joy. They're doing what they're doing because they remember what it was to take them to get saved and they appreciate it. They understand that now they have favor with God. They have a ministry to go and be an ambassador, to represent. And so, listen, you got to get this down. It is an absolutely a privilege to be given the responsibility. And so we should act like it. That should be a point of correction for you in the coming Days and weeks as you just ponder and consider this is do I do I really see this as a privilege or a burden? 
Is it just no, so and so then listen. That's the evangelist view. And those are the things that I want you to at least consider. You know, one thing with this as we're going through our list um, over the coming weeks is to be thinking about, okay, Lord, seek the loss. That I'm starting to ask him. That you're making your, you know, we call it Drew list, whatever you want to call it. That you're making a list. That you're being like actually on your game and saying, okay, Lord, I want you to use me. Despite whatever fears or whatever may come up, like that's, this is going to be a good time for you to just do that. Because again, we're looking at these details that kind of help define the gospel in, in, you know, in a, in a broader sense. But here's something that I think just, you got to take it home with you. Okay, so this got to ride in the car with you. <laughs> and that's uh, reconciliation should be the desire of my heart, no matter what the circumstance. Listen, you got to get away from the circumstance dictating what it is that God is going to win or not. We got to be done with that. It doesn't matter. What they did, it doesn't matter who it was. Grudges decay from within. Okay, so that's all you hope to do. If you don't have that heart of reconciliation, all you're going to do is just start rotting from the inside out. See, I want just to put the perspective here. You can kind of see in Romans 8, 7 through 8, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen, the Lord knew what the circumstance was. It wasn't like it was a surprise to him of what he was going to now tell his son Jesus to do. He knew full well. He was fully aware of how ugly this is. But notice that initiation turned into follow through. Colossians 121, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Yet now. And so listen, I don't, we talked about those, those petty uh, uh, prejudices and even just a heart that just says that, you know, maybe the circumstance I'm beyond the point of reconciling in this matter. And let me just be honest, there may be a heart that you have, but maybe the other individual doesn't share that. Okay, that's a point for prayer, right? It's just a point that you, let me pray about that. But ultimately, what my heart's desire for you is that you have a heart that says, I'm ready to be reconciled with whomever. No matter the circumstance, no matter the person, okay? Because that was God's heart. And it worked out for you. And so with that, man, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray that, um, Lord, we would just consider um, how great a work reconciling us back to God the Father uh, was. And just, I mean, it cost 
Jesus's life. There's nothing that we could have done. Um, there's nothing, no way that we could have made it right. There's no way that we could have gotten back into that place of favor. And so, Lord, we just say thank you this morning. And Lord, I do pray that some people would just consider uh, where they are. Perhaps it is that they have uh, an issue with a brother or sister. Lord, I pray that they would just lay that at your feet this morning. Uh, I pray that, um, Lord, that for those of us um, that, that uh, don't have you, that, Lord, we would just consider not knowing what you've done, that you sacrificed your life, that we might be right with the Father. And so, Lord, uh, whether it be salvation or, uh, or uh, sanctification, Lord, we are in need for you to be at work this morning. And so, Lord, just be with us as we consider. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.